Welcome to the SDG Talks podcast, where we discuss all things around the sustainable development goals and the roadmap to 2030. We are your co-hosts, James and Kevin, here to take you along the SDG ride. We hope you enjoy today's SDG Talks podcast. As innovators, so youth, they're able to bring in new perspectives that maybe weren't thought of in the past, and they are able to develop new solutions to the problems that their countries are facing. So the power of having, you know, this huge group of people who are connecting the past and the future is that they can look at the past and they can think about what they can do to do things differently than what was done before. And so youth can be a huge driving force, a driving power to innovation. Yasmin Marias is originally from the Amazonian region of Brazil and grew up in the south of the country. Since a very young age, Yasmin has been involved in social impact. She has worked along other young people in issues ranging from homelessness and human trafficking to the refugee crisis and human rights education. She deeply believes in the power of youth to create change, and I can guarantee you're all really going to enjoy this discussion. Yasmin, welcome to the SDG Talks podcast. Why should you. youth get involved in reaching the SDGs? So it's quite interesting, the moment we're living in right now. We have more than 1.8 billion young people, uh, which means people between the ages of 10 and 24. And out of those 1.8 billion young people, 90, 90% of them are in developing countries. And so it's interesting to see how important they are for us to be to be able to reach the sustainable development goals because without them a lot of people would be left behind and the young people are those who usually are on the forefront um, the front line of how those issues impact their communities their countries as i like to say young people are like the connection between the past and the future they're able to see how past decisions have influenced their country in the past how political decisions have influenced their country and also they, they are able to grasp what they want their future to look like in their country and they're able to connect the two um, if they're giving the right skills and, and the resources, the opportunities they need to do so. I love that. And I, that phrase you said, the connection between the past and the present is so true. And I think about how to actually get the youth involved. And you know, let's say in, in some countries where you have the right to vote, a lot of times you still see many people, a lot of youth don't vote. So, I mean, that that's one issue in its own, but how can you actually get youth involved? Uh, I know often maybe you think that they're too small to make a difference, which that's changing, mm-hmm. I think, but you know, how do they actually, and what are some examples of how the youth can get involved? Mm-hmm. I think that it's kind of a two-way street. I think there should be some kind of interest um, from the youth to take initiative and to start building the future that they want to see. But at the same time, there needs to be opportunities given to them to be able to do that. Otherwise, they're going to believe that they're too small to do something. Um, And so the UN launched many, many resolutions and, and documents and reports on what could be the role of youth. And I wanted to outline five of them that they that they mentioned in those documents. One of them is as critical thinkers, because youth are usually the ones who are studying, who are questioning things and questioning the system, how it works, questioning the political structures. So as critical thinkers, youth can 
identify and and they can also challenge the current power structures in their countries to be like, hey, I also have a voice, um, especially for those living in democracies. You know, they already have kind of the institutional side of things saying in theory that they can participate. Um, now, how can they think about that critically and how they can turn things around? And then the second thing that the UN mentions is youth can be change makers, so they can actually not only critically think about those things and question those things, but they can also act and mobilize other people. Youth are very connected to new technologies, um, social technologies that can be used to mobilize a huge group of people, um, both through the internet and also in person. So as change makers, youth can also not only start from themselves, but also influence other people to do the same. Uh, the third thing that the UN mentions is as innovators. So youth, they're able to bring in new perspectives that maybe weren't thought of in the past. And they are able to develop new solutions to the problems that their countries are facing. So the power of having you know this huge group of people who are connecting the past and the future is that they can look at the past and they can think about what they can do to do things differently than what was done before. And so youth can be a huge driving force, a driving power to innovation. Uh, the other thing is youth can become communicators. So they can also, um, like I said earlier, they have a huge power to mobilize people, to act on behalf of a, of a big group. And so we have lots of technologies in our hands that could spread the values that we want to cultivate in our countries. Um, and then lastly, I would say youth has the capacity, or if given the, the opportunity to do so, youth can also become the leaders in, in leading that change, in leading the path for their communities, for their countries, their governments, to extend more opportunities for, for them, for, for youth, and also to create the future that they want to see. So when youth is, in, is engaged civically, when youth is engaged in the decisions of their country, either you know by participating in, in the public sphere, but also in the private sphere, the, the third sector, with organizing groups and mobilizing people, you know that can be a huge, huge power to create change. And then you asked about examples. Um, in my personal experience, for me, that's very, very clear. It might sound a bit, you know, utopic or like something that we're, we're far from reaching. But I have seen in the past, in my, in my personal experience, that when youth have the right opportunities and the resources they need, they can be an impressive force to create change in their countries. So I've worked with youth in the public sphere, for instance, who led political campaigns, who volunteered in political campaigns that were based on sustainability, diversity and tolerance instead of political divide, instead of um, reinforcing the power structures that we currently have. A lot of very, very courageous young people who are going in there, you know, and try to change things from the inside out. I've also worked directly with social entrepreneurs, for instance, who wanted to be in the private sector, but then noticed that a lot of the, the structures that are currently in place in the private sector actually increase social inequalities. So they decided to use the market mechanisms with opportunity to create a positive impact. So they actually turn things around as social entrepreneurs, not only focusing on profit, but also focusing on how they can use whatever money they generate to increase their, their positive impact. And this speaks into youth being being innovators, into youth being mobilizers. 
So this is another beautiful way of seeing young people taking the lead. I also, like most of my, I'm only 22, and so I haven't uh, had a, a wide array of professional experiences, but all of them, all the ones I've had so far, were in the third sector, so working with nonprofits. And this is another area I've seen huge influence of, of young people. I mean, right now, it's I think it's clear for us. We see Greta, we see Malala, we see other young people stepping up. But I've seen personally, and I interact with people from all over the world on a daily basis, who are actually taking whatever resources they have to change their community to some to some instance. And so, yeah, I would, there's a lot of, of pictures and names coming onto my head right now of like people in my circle, uh, both professional and personal circle who are doing really, really inspiring work. And, and it's amazing what youth can do if they're given the opportunities to do so. I love that. And I couldn't agree more with that phrase of if you give the opportunities and build this environment for different people to have an impact, they can do some amazing things. And the internet has really changed that. We now, at, from our cell phone, can run a small business or you know, start a, a Twitter revolution or whatever it may be. But I think to that notion of it just need, you just need some of these little pillars to be able to allow you to have that foundation to start really making the impact. And I think part of that is the self-awareness of an individual and knowing what you do well and what you don't in building a team. But, but then all, further to that is, is kind of trying to find some of these other resources that can allow you to thrive. Like instead of, you know, obviously, you know, internet or, you know, access to some funds or whatever, little things are important. But what are some of these resources and maybe organizations that you've been a part of that mm-hmm. are offering resources or different things to aspiring change makers to allow them to get more connected and, and make a quicker and more impactful mm-hmm. impact. Yeah, well, there's there's a lot of stuff that people can look into. I think starting from if, if you're a young person who wants to go into the public sector, many, many countries have different initiatives to encourage that. And so speaking from my, my experience being a Brazilian, here we have many social movements and also NGOs that teach young people about politics and democracy and, and how things work um, sort of at the backstage and the Congress um, and then other legislative bodies. And then they also teach and encourage youth to get involved. So if, if young people want to get involved in that, I would encourage them to look for resources that speak specifically to their country because it's going to change, right? The political systems change from one country to the other, and there's different ways to get engaged. On social entrepreneurship, there are many, many international programs based on mentorship, based on um, collaboration and sharing skills. I think Unleash is a great resource if you want to create ideas, if you want to come up with something new and implement it. Unis and Youth is an online mentorship program. It's, it's free and it connects you to experts from all over the world who who are able to help you develop and implement your social business. I've been a Unis and Youth Fellow for about a year now, and I'm, I'm super grateful for all the resources that they have provided me. And then there's also other initiatives that encourage social entrepreneurship um, that are country-based, and so I would encourage people to look for those as well. If you want to develop projects and implement projects, I would totally recommend looking at the Global Changemakers resources. 
And if I can speak a little bit more on that, because I've, I've been a program manager at Global Changemakers for a little bit over a year, and I've been very, very close to all the projects that GCM is developing for young people to get active and get engaged. So we have many capacity building programs. Uh, we have a mentorship program, which is for young people who want to start their, um, so to speak, career in social impact. So we have, we match young people with young mentors who have already been doing that through a 12-week program. And then young people are encouraged to do what you just said. They're encouraged to map out the resources they have, the skill they have personally, and then like try to find gaps in their community and develop a project that would, would tackle the problems they see in their community from a very unique way because they're encouraged to look at themselves first and then look at the world and how they can contribute to it. And very in a few weeks, so in, in about four weeks, we're going to launch an online school for project management on social impact. So there's already a, a toolkit in our online school about facilitation skills for young people to deal with groups and mobilize groups and, and make sure everyone is on the same page. It's very, very, it's very nice. It's a very diverse array of tools. And then we're going to launch an online course on project management, which is going to go from, you know, how to investigate, identify the problems that you notice in your country, in your community, and then how to acquire the resources, the skills you need to implement a project. So that's going to be a really, and it's also going to be an open resource that anyone can get. We have many free tools available already. Uh, we have toolkits. We have a project management, design thinking, fundraising, social media toolkits. We also have a podcast called Young, Young Changemakers Podcast. We have free webinars. And then for the, the young people who join our capacity building programs, they are they become part of the Global Changemakers Network. And within the network, we also have many volunteer opportunities, featuring opportunities, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of resources available out there. There's a lot of projects, programs available out there for young people to create change. So, yeah, we totally encourage the listeners to, to go and look for them. And I would also make myself available if anyone wants to speak more of a, you know, on a specific level, on a personal level. You can, you can put my email in the description of the, the podcast episode and I'd be more than happy to help. It's very kind of you. And, and to some of what you were saying, I mean, I think I, it's amazing all these resources available. And one thing that I always think about, too, is you need, you need these resources, but in the end of the day, it still comes down to someone taking their own initiative and taking charge. And, you know, that some of them, whether it's the entrepreneurial spirit or just that change maker drive. So you really have to have that and then obviously try and find and leverage these resources. So I think that's just a kind of something to con- Complement that concept, but then to you, as you were speaking about all that, I was I was thinking about you and and kind of the the work that you've done to kind of get involved with this global change maker mm-hmm. group. Um, and I know you've mm-hmm. done some work around the the refugee crisis and homelessness. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could give us a little bit of background in terms of some some of the specific change making mm-hmm. impact that you've done around those topics uh, specifically. Yeah, absolutely. So. Engaging with social impact has always been a part of my life. So I was born in the north of Brazil, which is one of the poorest regions um, in the Amazonian region. And I grew up in the south, which is a well-off region, very, very different from 
from where I was born. And so I would always visit my family in the north and I would always talk to people from the north. And so I grew up since, you know, since a very, very young age, I had, I was faced with the harsh realities of inequality in my country and understanding that not everyone had access to the same opportunities not everyone would start from the same place and would be expected to reach, you know, a very high level to be able to be considered successful. And so all those inequalities and injustices have been very clear to me. My parents would also speak about it at home. And that, that was something that started to bother me since a very young age. I started volunteering when I was eight or nine years old um, at school and at church and whatever, like, place or 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 opportunity I, I could find to to mitigate those those inequalities that I that I lived with, and so there's a lot of issues that speak to my heart and that have affected myself and the people I love. And then speaking about the issues that you mentioned, um, the refugee crisis was something that I that I got in touch with in 2019 when I went to live in the U.S. and I I met a lot of people who were affected by the crisis, and also I had moved to England and then and then of course to the US to study and then talking to people and, and meeting people that were affected by the crisis and because of the crisis could not study because they migrated they could not study and since education had been such a huge part of my life since I was really young I was really shocked by that reality and to find out that there's more like for instance now the UNHCR estimates that there's more than 4 million young refugees were not able to access education. And so in 2017, I created a project that then became an NGO in the U.S. called RefEd. And that is for to provide access to education for refugees who have lost access to education as they migrated. So when they left their countries to go to a host country until they were able to access the formal education system and to have the documents to do so, they lost access to education, and that had many, many academic and psychological consequences for the kids. And so we created the project to tackle that. And it's still running right now. If we had to, to press pause on it due to the corona crisis situation, the country, the, organization, the partner organization we were working with had to shut down because of the crisis. But yeah, we're hoping to, to get back to, to the activities very soon. And on homelessness that you, you touched upon also, this is also something that I grew up questioning and seeing. And this is something that also bothered me a lot. Also, when I was younger, some of my, my family members were affected by it. And so it was something that always spoke to to myself and how I could, like for me, making life worth always had to do with mitigating problems that affected people around me and myself. And so in 20, I think this was 2016, I, I was living in the U.S., but I came back to, to Brazil for an internship. And at the internship, I, my role was to develop a survey to assess how homelessness was affecting the city where I was in, Florianópolis, um, in the south of Brazil, and three other cities around it. And so, but the re the research would be done in a collaborative way with homeless people. And so, my role was not only to develop it itself, but also to implement the research questions, the survey, everything with the homeless who were helping us in the project. And so, I was working with them 
on a daily basis very closely. And so I heard many, many stories and I was faced with a reality that I thought I knew about, but then I discovered so many, many other things that that about how this affected them and how this is actually a systematic and structured issue, a structural issue. Um, and then towards the end of the project, we managed to to coordinate an event to show the results of the survey to the local politicians. And so once again, I remember at that time, a friend of mine was engaging in political activism and all of that. And so again, connecting with him and other young people who were fighting for human rights back then was really, really powerful. And so young people were, were really at the forefront of the project, both the refugee one and the, and the homelessness one. Um, and it was really powerful to put myself in that position and to learn so much from, from the people who were directly affected by the problem and also learn about what caused it and what perpetuates it and what has to be done. And so, yeah, I, I've worked with many, many different causes and issues in the past. My biggest passion is to be able to use my resources, my knowledge, my time to respond to a challenge and help other people do the same. And so, and so yeah, that's a little bit about my experience in social impact so far. Wow. Thank you so much for all that context and everything you've done already in your first 22 years. You've done this much already in your first 22. I look forward to your next 22. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And, and when you were talking, I mean, I think when you were talking about RefEd, which is amazing, and I feel like we could talk about that for hours. Yeah. Explain to me a little bit more. Are you, is it aggregating resources online mm -hmm. and allowing them to have, to get access to them to like be a both print digital stuff or but how does, how does RefEd work? Okay. So we developed three educational modules and initially we, we, we started building an app and we applied a pilot app. We had a few challenges because developing an app is, is, very difficult. It takes a lot of time and a lot of dedication. And we wanted, we like, we felt like the impact that was needed on the ground was more urgent. And so we migrated into an online teaching platform and we continue to build the content ourselves. And so the content we build is we have three modules. So we have mathematics, Arabic alphabet, and English. And those modules were built based on the demand that we saw from the children on the ground. And then the way we do it is we create animated videos and all the characters in the animated videos are also refugees who also have a story, who also are learning on the, on, on the go. Uh, they're the ones teaching the lessons. And then we have very simple multiple choice questions attached to each one of the videos. And so the way it works is we implement it with a partner organization in Greece called Seeds of Humanity. Um, so the kids served by the Seeds of Humanity with other services meet on a daily basis for for some time depending on how much time they, they have available depending on how much the parents are available as well and they go through the educational modules with volunteers on the ground using tablets that we provide to them and so we send out the tablets they're able to connect to the content watch the videos and then we also give the volunteers on the ground some lesson plans with activities that can be done in the group activities that can be done so they can better assimilate all the content because it's very hard to teach kids uh, using technology and videos just because they get distracted very easily and so we have the volunteers on the ground to kind of mediate that and facilitate the learning process for them but our goal in the longer term is to be able to build 
more content to make it more interactive, more reliable, more interesting to the kids so that any refugee from anywhere from their home or from the camp, anywhere they are, they're able to access it on their tablet or phone. That's the goal. Our content is available offline for now, but we still are in the early process of developing. And, and we always say like in the team that it's a constant iteration of what works, what doesn't, and what can be improved. Um, so we are in that process still, but the results so far have been really great. We have over 70 kids in the program and they are super, super thankful to have the opportunity to study again. Like I'm looking at this moment right now in my living room, I have a drawing that one of the kids gave me when I went to visit the project the last time. And it says, I love you, teacher. Thank you. And it has like a big heart on it. And so it's like very, it's interesting how like such a simple thing as creating videos and questions and implementing them in the class can make a huge difference for kids who have been through such a hard moment and are now trying to adapt to a new culture. And yeah, some of them would say all on it to go to and, and like, it's interesting because a lot of the kids in the project would even go to the same class more than once just so they could feel like they're in school again. And so, yeah, it's, it's a very simple idea. Actually, it's nothing too complex. It's what we could pull out, you know, being students at the time and having low resources, but it's already making a difference and, and we're really proud of it. That's amazing. And I actually have so much more we need to talk about offline after this podcast, but especially with what you were just talking about with deploying content in the field, I'm personally doing a lot with 360 video, both passive consumption of it and actually different active scenes, kind of like a choose your own adventure book, along with doing different uh, comics for safety and comics for education tactics. So. It'd be really cool to see how we could do different animations and 360 video educational content that might be uh, stuff that could be deployed via your existing RefEd system. Totally, yeah. That'd be really cool. Yeah, we can talk more about that. But I, I love the your yeah. thinking on sometimes the innovation isn't something that's overly groundbreaking, but it's taking some of these tools and and providing yeah. access in a new way to people who need it. Yeah, totally. I think, it, like, when I talk about innovation, I don't mean that every young person has to become a founder. I don't think everyone's role to be a change maker has to be to found something, to create something new. I think it's more about looking at the resources you have, uh, many time, money, skills, experiences, and how to use all of that to contribute to the change that you want to see. So even if it's like something that you would consider small, if you're doing something, that's actually a lot already, considering how much we still, we still have to do and considering that nothing can be done on an individual basis, that we actually have to unite forces and, and be able to collaborate. And so everyone comes in with their with um, the resources they have, the time they have, and so on, even if it's very little. Yeah. Well, well said. Um, Yasmin, any, uh, any final thought that or comment that you want to leave with the audience here today? I would just say if you have an idea or if something bothers you, um, yeah, I would say this. If something, bo something bothers you in your community, in your country, 
try to investigate that problem a little bit more. Try to find the roots about it, even if, if even if that means reading more about the problem or talking to the people who are affected by it directly. Try to understand the problem better and then look at yourself and see what you can do towards it or ask the people who are affected by it how they wish this problem would be mitigated and then and then just do it, you know? I think there's a lot of potential in, in young people taking the lead, taking the initiative and influencing others to do the same. I love that. Yeah, I say there's something similar where if it, something bothers you or is an inconvenience or keeps you up at night, try and yeah. do something about it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to seeing everything else that has in store for you in the future. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for this opportunity. Yasmin was really a treat to have on the podcast, and one of the biggest takeaways was at the end of the discussion when we talked about innovation comes in many shapes, sizes, and forms. You don't necessarily have to be the CEO, the founder, the entrepreneur, or create some crazy widget. But innovation can be repurposing a product, repurposing a service, making something accessible to somewhere where when it wasn't accessible before. Um, so definitely think about that. And then the other things that I really enjoyed was just looking at how there are so many resources available. Reach out to her. She's making herself available. But also, as I brought, that there's a lot of resources out there. So they're only as good as whatever you make of them. So go reach out, hustle, send some emails, check out the resources, and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the SDG Talks podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash in United Nations community. The goal of the SDG Talks is to bring you good content. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.